0: Bitcoin. It's going up forever,
1: you're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom.
2: Good morning, everybody. We are back. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin. What a show we got for you guys today. This is this is these are my favorite shows. I tell you guys constantly when we when we talk about the separation of money and state on Simply Bitcoin that part of our job is just exposing the media, exposing the politicians for what they are. We bring the receipts every single day, and today is one of those days. Yesterday, we were kind of speculating on what's going on behind the scenes in this Elizabeth Warren anti-Bitcoin ban, essentially, effectively banning self-custody in the United States. And we were hearing some rumors that maybe, just maybe, The banks were behind this. We've been saying for a while, we've been hearing the grumblings behind the scenes that Elizabeth Warren is playing cover for the big banks, which is, uh, you know, a huge pivot from where she got elected from, from where she originally started her platform from. And now we have it coming out of the horse's mouth. Exactly that. Bitcoin's incentives exposing all. It's just so beautiful to be a part of Bitcoin, the truth machine of Bitcoin. We had uh, Robert Marshall testifying. And I really do think this is one of those Freudian slips. And maybe he was saying this. Maybe he thought he was saying something that was hard hitting. But he essentially said that the National Bank Association helped him and Elizabeth Warren write this anti-Bitcoin bill. And if this isn't the smoking gun that banks are absolutely terrified of what's going on with Bitcoin, that they're not actively trying to stop and hamper Bitcoin, I don't know what is. And again, I've been saying this since this news story broke that I just absolutely love it when first politicians come out and say things like this. It just just goes to show that they're not naive. They know exactly what's going on. But then again, when the criminals, when the real criminals call us Bitcoiners criminals, I just know we're on the right track. It just makes me feel so good just just being acknowledged and being seen that, yes, we are the ones that are right here. It's been a long, long bear market. And I'm just so glad to see politicians come out and be absolutely terrified of Bitcoin, of the separation of money and state because we say it all the time. They get their power from the money printer. And once you understand Bitcoin fundamentals, you under you understand that you're going to minimize that power. And until... They run around terrified. We aren't doing our jobs, guys. So I just I I get so fired up on moments like this when when we can show that the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is happening in real time, that we're not just sniffing our own farts, that we are actually on the right track and that we have the bank scared out there. Remember last week, you know, Elizabeth Warren was testifying with Jamie Dimon. Well, I got that video for you guys again. They want to ban Bitcoin. Obviously, they can only ban themselves from Bitcoin. You can't stop Bitcoin. It's a feature, not a bug. And again, guys, you know, we are American centric and it really it really is painful to see America fight freedom money, especially when when the meme of America is land of the brave, home of the free. And here we are. It seems like the sovereign individual just continues to play out living in America, considering we have the world reserve currency may become a detriment to all of us freedom-fighting people. But I am, I'm not giving up yet. I think we can overcome this. I think the incentives of Bitcoin are pure, and I think all the politicians will eventually have to bend the knee because Bitcoin's incentives will overcome the totalitarian dystopia that we are finding ourselves in. And on that note, I also... I also have a video that I'm going to tee up in the numbers for you guys, and it's Sailor on Bloomberg, essentially saying what we've been saying on Simply Bitcoin for months now, that we are heading into what might be an extremely epic bull run. All the factors are aligning. We're having the having about the play out. We have institutions coming in. We have Wall Street starting to get incentivized about Bitcoin. They're starting to get a little greedy. And the reason... uh Uh-oh. Nika's telling me my mic. One second, one second. Restream's been acting up on me. Here we go. The incentives of Bitcoin are aligning. And this is why you're seeing Elizabeth Warren, the bankers, Jamie Dimon, Christine Lagarde. This is why they are coming out against Bitcoin is because they realize, hey, Wall Street wants a chunk of Bitcoin. They want a piece of the action. And if they can, they're going to try to corral all of the liquidity into these ETFs. It's not a coincidence that all this is happening at the same time. We have a BlackRock endorsing a spot Bitcoin ETF. We have Elizabeth Warren coming out against Bitcoin. On the one hand, Wall Street wants to get some price action to Bitcoin. On the other hand, we have the politicians running around, absolutely terrified. It's such a beautiful time to be a Bitcoiner. Anyways, we have a very cool guest for you guys today. Jaime, he is a Bitcoin contributor. He's, uh, I guess, a journalist covering El Salvador adoption. He is El Salvadorian. So we're going to talk about what's going on in El Salvador, what he's seen happen, but also connect this into what's happening in Argentina. Because we all know, you know, Malay came out, he's been and saying some things that a lot of us Bitcoiners are enjoying, but also maybe we're being a little too quick to judge. Maybe we're being a little too hopeful. I think we're going to we're gonna devour this today. Anyway, Jaime, I'm so glad to have you. We've hung out in spaces a lot. I even thought you'd been on the show just because we talk so much in spaces and DMs, but
1: how are you doing this morning? Good to have you. Thanks, uh, Opti. You, you're way better looking in person than on video, so... <laughs> You're not the only we're one. On spaces, how about with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I have a
2: face for radio on camera, but off camera, they're like, "What? Whoa! What are you doing? Why do you what?" Anyways, I'll work on the camera. I'll work on my optics. Anyways, we're not no, alone it's here. It's
1: all good. It's all good. Th- thanks for having me, man. I'm just uh, gonna hang out on my lunch hour with you, and uh, you know, we're just gonna riff off all the things that are going on in bitcoin uh you know no shortage of them for sure so you know wherever you want to start off with man I'm I'm good
2: let's go yeah man uh we have a we have a jam packed show today and and couldn't have a better guest considering that we are talking about politicians fighting bitcoin and you've been on the ground showing what happens in a country when they embrace bitcoin and on the verge of maybe another country embracing bitcoin but we'll get all into that in the culture before i move on we got the the infamous, no, rather the famous, illustrious Sophie with us today filling in for Nico. Ha- actually, filling in for me and I'm filling in for Nico. Anyway, anyway Sophie, how are you doing today? Good to have you.
3: Good afternoon. Good morning to those of you in Central and Pacific time. Uh, I'm doing good, guys. It's getting harder to breathe, but um, it's not just because of everything that's happening with Bitcoin and with Liz Warren, the tyrant um who's trying to stop bitcoin but it's okay honey badger don't care um i'm ready to start the show i'm excited to be here let's do this
2: let's go well you know uh, nico has you working even though he's got you working double time but hey we're not we're not going to get into any uh child labor laws here whatever is going on over there (laughs) (laughs) anyways guys let's get into the show because we have a jam-packed show for you guys and i think you guys are going to enjoy this one
3: the bitcoin numbers
4: is your bitcoin in cold storage really secure is your seed phrase really secure stamp seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper don't store your generational wealth on paper not allowing you to huddle your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul stamp your seed on stamp seed
2: all right guys we made it easy scan the qr code make sure your seed phrase is not on a piece of paper in your sock drawer like everyone else you know that's the first step guys is your seed phrase in your sock drawer well get it on titanium anyways the, the chat you guys are killing me already yeah. i am i am downright giddy right now this is the stuff that gets me so excited when when we can fully expose the hypocrisy of politicians and bankers i absolutely love this stuff all right anyways anyways we'll get into that later of course we're over here on clark Money's dashboard and we're starting with the block height I no, Nico. We starts with the price, but to me, the most important thing is the block height. TikTok next block. It's almost like Bitcoin works exactly as designed. It, it, it's amazing. It's almost like Satoshi was uh, prophetic here. Anyways, we're at block height of eight hundred twenty-two thousand one hundred fifteen. The current Bitcoin price is forty-three thousand nine hundred thirty. It kissed forty-four k this morning, I believe, if if uh, if I saw the tweets correctly. Anyways, the Sats per dollar. How much your Bitcoin is worth in fiat dollars, or rather, how much. Bitcoin you can buy for a single dollar is 2,277 sats per dollar, or for the bits maxies in the max, 227 bits, and the total percentage of Bitcoin that will ever be issued. I, I cannot emphasize this enough, guys. Most Bitcoin is already circulating... There will only ever be 21000000 million. We're all going to be scrambling for the last, what, million or so Bitcoin? The total percentage of Bitcoin that will ever be issued is 93.21%. The market cap in fiat terms is $859.6 billion. We're not even at a trillion-dollar market cap, guys, and everyone's out there bearish. It Couldn't be me. Can't relate. Anyways, to realize monetary inflation, taking fiat currencies to school, it's currently at 1.75%, and that will go down in April. And the Bitcoin versus gold market cap, you can see it slowly but surely inching up as the Bitcoin price goes up. As more people adopt Bitcoin, we are currently at 6.27% of the gold market cap. As Nico's been saying lately, I can't wait till this is at like 100 200%, and going further than that, because Bitcoin will overcome the gold market cap. It's inevitable. It's going to happen And then the total public lightning capacity is currently at 4,999.48 BTC. The hash rate the last 90 days, you know, the average, the guesstimate is 462.2 exahashes and the pending fees. Yo. All right. This is getting crazy, guys. It's at 43.41 BTC. I think over the weekend it was at like 30 something. It's getting crazy out there. I don't know what's going on. This ordinals, inscriptions, Bitcoin stamps. It's getting crazy. Uh, hopefully, we get a law in the mempools so that we can all consolidate our UTXOs so that people can actually transact in Bitcoin. <laughs> Anyways, you guys heard me rant about this during the week. And the blocks are having 17,885. And the having estimate, at least according to today, we're not hitting the meme date. It's uh, roughly going to be April 19th. 2024, at least based on today's numbers. Anyways, let's get into this video. And the reason I wanted to start with this video, of course, I I can always start in different directions, but I think this is a great way to tee up what we're seeing coming from Elizabeth Warren. And you can see here, Chad Saylor, Giga Chad Saylor is just constantly making the rounds. He's constantly on corporate press, basically saying what we say on Simply Bitcoin every single day. But of course, you know, in his rocket scientist way, he's able to elaborate on what we're saying and say it to the public audience out there, the people that still watch Bloomberg. And he's basically saying what we're saying. What I've been saying personally, that going into next year, going into the halving, that 2024 might just be one of the most epic bull runs we've seen yet. I know we're all being very conservative. We're all kind of terrified we have PTSD about making price predictions, but everything I'm seeing is just kind of telling me that everyone is bearish out there, and you guys are all afraid of what's actually going to happen. I, I've been saying this constantly. We're having institutional adoption like the Black Rocks of the world starting to get interest in Bitcoin, which means they're going to educate their customers, which means corporate press is going to constantly be talking about Bitcoin. We're going to have the having a lineup at the same time. We're going to have the election cycles all happen at the same time. And we have what, like, I, I forget what the numbers is, but like 70% of all Bitcoin being huddled long term. Like, there is not that much Bitcoin on the exchanges. And we know what happens when number goes up. It gets absolutely frothy. Well, look, don't take my word for it. Maybe take GigaChad Saylor's word for it. He's saying exactly what I'm saying. Just, you know, he's a little more eloquent. He's, he, he can talk a little better than me. But, guys, remember the signal. Everything is going according to plan. Everything is perfect. Everything is good for Bitcoin. And, again, you know, the Elizabeth Warren of the world attacking Bitcoin. It's just more PR. They're, they're, they're the best marketers of Bitcoin we could ever have. So, it's just, it's such a perfect, I, I keep, I'm trying not to say perfect storm because that sounds kind of negative. It, it's just a perfect alignment of everything. It, it's like, a, you know, Perfect Tinder for a very great explosion in price. It's going to be so beautiful. Anyways, let's hear Sailor talk about this. And then, of course, I'm going to kind of reel this into what we're going to talk about with Elizabeth Warren. And you can see why they are so terrified. So let's play this, guys
3: me is Michael Saylor. He is co-founder and executive chair of MicroStrategy. Of course MicroStrategy often seen as a Bitcoin proxy. It holds a lot of it on its balance sheet. Michael great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously there has been so much anticipation and frankly a lot built in I think to the price of Bitcoin of this idea that spot ETFs are finally going to come. What's the next catalyst for Bitcoin if and when that happens. How much further uh, can it be pushed upward.
0: Well I think you can't really underestimate the significance of the spot ETFs. Uh, It's not unreasonable to suggest that this may be the biggest development on Wall Street in 30 years. I mean the last thing that was this consequential was the creation of the S&P index and the ability to invest in all 500 S&P companies via one trade at the same time. So uh, this is very eagerly anticipated. But most of the money in the in the Bitcoin market right now is is the hodlers and the traditional crypto investors. Mainstream investors mainstream retail mainstream institutions have not had a high bandwidth compliant channel to invest in this asset class until these spot ETFs. So I think in January, the approval of the spot ETFs is going to be a major catalyst. It's going to definitely drive a demand shock. And then that will be followed in April with a supply shock because there are about 900 Bitcoin a day available for sale by natural sellers, the miners. And that number is going to be cut to 450 Bitcoin a day in April. So it's a a pretty big deal.
3: And that puts Bitcoin where a year from now?
0: higher. <laughs> uh, there's a, how much you know, we, we could probably keep a bunch of uh, economists and, and modelers working all day long to calculate the supply demand and price elasticity of this. I, I don't think we've ever seen uh, you know a 2 to 10 X increase in demand combined with a uh, having and supply in a scarce, desirable asset that people want to hold for a long period of time. So I think we're expecting 2024 is going to be a major bull run for the asset class. We just don't know how far the asset's going to run at this point.
2: Let's go. Oh, man. I love, uh, you know, shouts out to Sailor. Everyone can say what they want about Sailor, but I love when he goes on corporate press and they're, they're trying to press him on what's the price predictions. And of course, we, we try to be conservative. We try not to give, what's the, what's the meme? You know, we can give you a price target, but we can't tell you when. And she's like, all right, so like, how high is this going? He's like, it's going higher. Like, you know, wait, hold on. I have it in meme form for you. We have a new iteration of it, but this is basically what he's saying, guys. It's going up forever, and everyone is like, "Well, give me a price target so I can trade this." He's like, "No, literally, just buy it and hold it, like everyone else, and you're going to be okay." Anyways, back to a kind of a a theme I've been sharing and and talking about on the show is the Bitcoin signal is going mainstream. You know, at the beginning of the year, we were kind of talking about like, oh, maybe Bitcoin is crossing the Rubicon into mainstream consciousness. It's becoming extremely obvious to me that every single person on planet Earth, especially on corporate press, on Wall Street, any person that is worth their financial salt is going to have to have an opinion on Bitcoin. So moving forward, as the price starts to go up, as Bitcoin starts to hit these six-figure numbers... Everyone will have an opinion and you just love to see it. And then, of course, like I, I keep hearing yellow in my head, you know, everything's macro, macro, macro. Yes, I know. And and even shout out to the bugle. They they keep trolling us because we're constantly talking about the Bitcoin ETF. Guys, this is where we are in the news cycle. We have to constantly cover this because this is the news right now. And I know, yes, Bitcoin ETF, this Bitcoin ETF that. It's just where we are right now. Bitcoin is maturing. But I love the comparison that Sailor used about Bitcoin getting a spot. Bitcoin ETF might be the biggest development on Wall Street since the S&P 500. Since you can make one trade in a basket of, of stocks, you're seeing that. Look, I've said this in the past. It's not that Larry Fink or the Black Rocks of the world, it's not that they like Bitcoin. They want to make money. They're hearing their customers tell them, hey, we want exposure to Bitcoin. And now, the loopholes, the obstacles are getting cut, the red tape's starting to get cut, and people are going to have a way to get exposure to Bitcoin. Obviously, this is baby steps, because here at Simply Bitcoin, we tell you guys to constantly take Bitcoin into custody. Do not buy a spot Bitcoin ETF. It's not real Bitcoin. So... The point remains the same. There is going to be a mountain of capital coming into Bitcoin. Of course, we're not just number go up advocates here. We are freedom and sovereignty advocates. We want you guys to own your own money because that's the whole point of Bitcoin. And then the way I'm going to link this into Elizabeth Warren in the next segment is what Saylor said, Wall Street is looking for exposure. And the fact that we're seeing Elizabeth Warren, you know Jamie Dimon all come out and be like, oh, man, uh, how can we stop this? Because people want it, and they know it's unstoppable. And The more people get on Bitcoin, the more this becomes even more unstoppable. Hence why you're seeing that knee-jerk reaction from Elizabeth Warren of the world. It's because they're absolutely terrified. The banks know what's going on. The banks know that Bitcoin has called their number, and their time is limited. And it's only a matter of time, it's 11th grade math, before everyone wakes up to what is actually going on. Everyday people, average everyday people are realizing that the fiat system is working against them and they need to find an alternative. I think most people know the problem. I've been saying this constantly. I've been beating this drum. It's almost like everyone knows the problem. They just don't know what the solution is. So, we know the solution is Bitcoin. And uh, sailor said, you know, what's the price? I don't know, it's going to go higher. So you want to hold some, you want to have exposure, and of course you want to take your Bitcoin into custody. Anyway, Jaime, what's your thoughts on this? And then we'll get Sophie's thoughts. I know Sophie's just going to get stupidly bullish with me. So Jaime, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I, I think it's really funny that uh, you know politicians still don't grasp what Bitcoin is all about, and they they have all these talking points about, you know what you know, hardware wallets, and you know how we how it's dangerous. Like really, if you can remember twelve seed words, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can censor you. Like it's still you know yours to hold, and and there isn't one thing that Warren can do about it. And I guess it just goes to show you how much more awareness has to be done at that level but at a certain level i kind of don't want it to i don't want those guys to have that level of awareness because you know they can pass laws all they want it's really not going to matter like as long as there's just no way they can regulate this the other thing that i find funny is like how they get you know the these these guys the bankers to write the law which you know what they've always done that it's just that it's more overt now and they're like more transparent about it but you know they've, they've always done that and you know um it, it just shows their the incompetency of uh of officials um believe it or not and you know i'm not alone on this one i i can't claim that i was like enlightened and and have always been enlightened but at some point in my life, and it's almost hard to say, I actually had, you know, some level of respect for, for Warren, because they, especially Democrats, they talk a good game about how they're rooting for the little guy, you know, they're they're there on their side, and they, they get elected, and they completely forget about them, and, you know it's it's like this everywhere it's like this in the us it's like this in canada where i live and it used to be like that in el salvador where i'm from and um and i think we still got a long ways but man uh, are, are they wrong and 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 just to finish off paper bitcoin don't do it guys i mean it's a good ad i'll say that you know like the the fella the moon the most interesting man in the world immediately put that ad over the top like kudos great creative and what i love about it even more is that it's become a meme like i saw cedar actually make their own version of it and uh you know people are making their own like frankie was like bitcoin you know like it's just great so like more fodder for the memers so love it love it i'm going to pass it off to you before i uh, ramble on and cuz uh, i get going and i don't stop
2: <laughs> well we'll give you we'll give you time to ramble but yeah i i totally agree and and that's one of the things i really like to uh you know angle this at is like look Everyone knows we're simply Bitcoin. We're we're always going to angle this back to Bitcoin. But like you said, Hamid, I mean, like it's not necessarily about Bitcoin the product. It's about what Bitcoin does for you, the individual. And this is the only way that the average person can actually, you know, occupy Wall Street to opt out of this madness to live a better life. Because again, we're using Sailor as an example here. Everyone saving in fiat is holding melting ice cubes, and it just seems like no one understands the the, the just the basic mechanics of what's going on here like you are getting poorer people and you need to find a way to protect yourself because as we're going to show these people do not care about you it's all about getting reelected. and like you said you know they run on these platforms about oh i'm here for the little man and then they get in the office and you know someone taps on their shoulder and starts to pay their bills and then their narrative switches and then they continue to come out here and are like oh we're here to help you trust us guys you remember who i was and we're just constantly bringing the receipts like no they're not here to help you at all this is why bitcoin was created you need to protect yourself it's as simple as that you want to live a good life you need to own some bitcoin anyway Sophie, jump in what's your thoughts on all this
3: one of the most interesting things that i think satoshi did when developing bitcoin is figuring out the fundamental flaw of fiat being that it's greed power control corruption and he took that human flaw and he essentially embedded it into bitcoin so that the price goes up forever and so that at some point as sailor mentioned in that video people buy in why because they care about the fear of missing out more than they care about actually saving themselves from the fiat corruption that is affecting their daily lives so i thought it was really funny in that video how he's like i mean it's gonna to get higher and the girl's like <laughs> how much um it doesn't matter how much it's going up forever laura uh the whole point here is more than the number go up which by the way these huge corporations are very late to the game at, or we're just very early um The whole point of it is more than the number go up is that it's going to save us from tyrants like lion Liz. I know you guys like to call her Lizzie Pie, but I like to call her lion Liz because she's literally lied about everything since the moment she came into power. She claims to care about the the little man. She doesn't. She claims to care about uh, public welfare. She doesn't. If she did, she wouldn't be fighting this hard against the hardest money that has ever existed. And... Like, you know, I love that Bitcoin calls out people's greed and uses that to save themselves. I think it's 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 actually a great phenomenon that we should all explore.
2: (laughs) I you know, as much as I love all of Bitcoin's fundamentals you know censorship resistant and audible supply uh f you money as we like to say one of my favorite favorite aspects of this is just exposing people it's so simple like it if you draw a line in the sand if they're what's it wait wait i have it here i almost forgot about this one
4: you're against Bitcoin. You're against freedom.
3: It's
2: such a simple line in the sand. They can say all they want about, you know, they, they can do all the lip service they want about. It. I'm here for the little guy. I'm, I'm here for you. I, I want you to thrive and prosper. But then if you ask them about Bitcoin and they're against Bitcoin, you're just like, oh, OK, I know. I know where you stand. I, I It's as simple as this. You know, I, I don't really like the one issue voter meme but it's almost becoming like hey if they're against bitcoin then you know for a fact that they are not for your interests and it's just going to become even more and more clear moving forward anyways let, let's get into this whole there so did you want to jump in i i saw you.
3: <laughs> i mean they're either lying or they're stupid they're either lying or they're they don't stupid. know what they're talking about that's the thing they're Oath. not stupid they know exactly how this works and they know that this is a huge threat to their power and that's why they're trying to stop it. And that's why you have to take self-custody.
2: Agreed. Jaime, you want to jump in?
1: No, I mean, like, it's both. It's a bit of a paradox, actually, because, like, it's like, I don't think that they know what they're talking about. But at the same time, like, some people know what they're talking about. And it's like, yeah, we'll have these useful idiots to <laughs> to do all of this. Right. But, you know, it's, it's something that you said earlier, Opti. It's like. The incentives, like the, the the four year election cycle, are a they're not a long time preference. They're, it's it's a, it's a short span of time in, in which they need to you know gain votes and do whatever to get reelected again. You know, it's high time preference, and and I think that the incentives around um, politics are all wrong. You know, they seek those donations, they seek those votes, and they have a four-year window, so they can only promise you and produce things that are in a four-year cycle, and and also uh, that that are gonna confuse you really, and 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 for the most part, like you know, they, they they really can't deliver on anything that's meaningful for the average person, and so as long as they keep on on doing that. Um, you know like pounding on bitcoin and and well and the thing is too is like they put bitcoin with cryptos like you'll hear like crypto you know and and again you know like it's designed to confuse people because the average normie just does not know the difference right and when you don't know the difference then like bitcoin is crypto and then they can have these um because at some point I was like yeah like actually they're right Crypto sucks like it's like (laughs) absolutely I'm on board but they're including Bitcoin in all of that and that's what's fundamentally wrong right so um, but yeah like the incentives are all wrong around the 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 political election cycle and that's how they're gonna try to get everybody can get them confused and advance their their points and their and their crappy laws
2: yeah, 100%. Hi man, you you said something that I say constantly. It's like these people would not be able to say what they're saying right now if they weren't thinking that they could continue to gaslight the population out there because no one understands what's going on with Bitcoin except for a small fraction of Bitcoiners. And the average person has a certain idea. You know, they had a headline in mind from the past. They heard about Bitcoin. They thought Bitcoin is dying. And then the politicians come out and they just reinforce exactly what they think they know about Bitcoin. And as long as that continues to work, they'll continue to say all kinds of crazy stuff about Bitcoin. This is just the beginning of this. So just bucker down be prepared for this you know it's a marathon not a sprint guys we're in this for the long run so it's only gonna get crazier before it gets better anyways before I move on guys sh- shouts out to the boys over at the Bitcoin conference we're gonna take over Nashville this year July 25th to 27th tickets are I guess going to increase uh, in a couple of days you guys constantly tell me the same thing uh the prices are too expensive I should just stack Bitcoin obviously always stack Bitcoin but if you want to hang out with us in Nashville if you want to hang out out with like-minded individuals if you if you want to stop being the lone crazy person in your neighborhood and realize that there's other people like you come to nashville we are going to take over july 25th to 27th of next year and you can get a discount today this is the cheapest the prices will be moving forward i know you're going to fomo into the conference use the promo code simply and you can get a discount but enough of that Let, let's uh let's fully devour elizabeth warrens today in this anti-bitcoin ban
3: The daily news.
4: I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone so you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the passport is back in stock at FoundationDevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air-gapped security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the Passport link in the show notes below to learn more.
2: Whoa, 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 what's going on here? Hold on one second. You guys hear that? Yeah. All right. What is that? I have no idea. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Where is this audio coming from? Hold on, I don't know what's going on over here. I have I have some crazy, crazy audio going on right now. That's crazy. All right, there we go. Wait, is it me? It might be me. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's it- something. Yeah. Okay. It was Sophie. All right. You, you got me, you got me all shook. I'm like, where is this coming All right. Anyways, guys, uh, minus the technical difficulties. <laughs> Everybody's
1: <laughs> Crazy checking their levels. Yeah, Which we're like, Wait, what's going on
2: okay. Well, thank you, Sophie. Uh, quit hitting the soundboard. Anyways, anyways, guys, uh, of course, uh, you know, I've been, I've been giving Nico some crap. Don't think about it. Hit the QR code, get yourself a hardware wallet and, uh, you know, make sure that your Bitcoin is secure. Anyways, I wanted to start this one with a meme. You guys have been yelling me, yelling at me about memes. And I brought this on last week. And I, and I thought this was just like the perfect, perfect way to start this whole fiasco. You know, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, we talked about this on Monday. We've been talking about it since this bill initially hit our desk. You know, Elizabeth Warren came out. She wants to essentially ban self-custody in Bitcoin. And it's not like... It's so obvious why she's doing this. You know, it's not a coincidence that we get all this endorsements from the Black Rocks of the World about a spot Bitcoin ETF. And then in the same breath, we have this De facto ban of Bitcoin custody because you know that it's not so much about them not understanding what's going on; it's about them trying to stop Bitcoin. And one of my good friends, Skeev, he uh, he jokingly and trollingly on Twitter is always like, "What guys? What, what are we freaking out about? Like, why are why are we stopping Elizabeth Warren from accelerating Bitcoin adoption? She is doing such a great job. Let her continue. Let her cook, boys." Uh, and I kind of agree, even though I realize that. There is a lot, a lot that could go wrong if this actually passes. And we played a, a video yesterday about, um, it was on what Bitcoin did with Peter McCormick and it was basically saying that Roger Marshall, uh, you know, GOP frontman, he and Elizabeth Warren were the ones that started this bill. And there was a rumor going around that there was video of him essentially with a Freudian slip saying they're like, oh, yeah, we talked to the American Bankers Association and we wrote up this bill to essentially stop Bitcoin. And the amount of projection in this bill, the amount of just like we're trying to maintain our regulatory moat it, It's just it's asinine. It's hilarious. But this just goes into what I always say, man, when these criminals, when the when the people you're trying to protect yourself from are the ones calling you criminals. What what they call us? You know, shadowy super coders. Uh, we're illiterate ADIQ Bitcoiners. Uh, we're financial terrorists. We're money launderers. We're literally all the worst things you can call in the world to try to stop this Bitcoin thing. And they cannot stop it. And then we have what I would say is the smoking gun coming out. That it's becoming very obvious that the banks are absolutely terrified of Bitcoin. Because it even says it in the white paper and I'm gonna have it here. You know, The whole point of Bitcoin is to eliminate the trusted third parties. Well, guess who that is? It's the banks. If people aren't holding their money in a bank, then the whole banking business model goes up in, in smoke and they know this. And we just talked about it in the numbers. Technically, I think um, Jaime's right that the politicians and the bankers, for the most part, 99% of the time, Technically, they don't know how Bitcoin works. They're just spewing out the mouth. But theoretically, I think they fully understand what's at stake. And this is why you're seeing the Brad Shermans and the Elizabeth Warrens roll out and try to stop Bitcoin and say whatever they can to gaslight the individuals out there, the normie out there that doesn't know what's going on. And man, it's just absolutely disgusting. But here we go. On Simply Bitcoin, our main job is just to constantly roll out the lies, the hypocrisy, the BS that we're seeing from not only the corporate press, but from the politicians and from the bankers and anyone else that is against Bitcoin because-
4: You're against Bitcoin, you're
2: against freedom. Well, here we go. From the horse's mouth himself, Roger Marshall. You can see here, the Chamber of Digital Commerce tweeted this out yesterday. He said, who could be so brazen as to write legislation that would effectively ban, and I'm going to use Bitcoin, because we all know it's Bitcoin and not crypto. And then we have Senator Roger Marshall, the GOP frontman of the Bitcoin ban bill, revealed that the American Bankers Association wrote it. Who would have saw this coming, guys? It's, it's almost like Bitcoin has constantly said the same thing, is that these people know what what's going on, they just play dumb. They placate the average person out there that has no idea what's going on and they continue to gaslight you. So let's hear it from his mouth, guys. This is a smoking gun as far as I'm concerned.
4: Senator Warren and I have authored the Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act that represents a step in the right direction. Again, I think that this is a light touch. The first thing we did is we went to the American Bank Association and said, help us craft this. And I don't know if you saw Senator Warren's uh, hearing with Jamie Dimon yesterday, but Mr. Dimon said basically, in his opinion, crypto was only a tool for criminals. Um, And I think, again, it's that light touch by, by, uh, by the federal government as opposed to a heavy touch as well. That's about all I know about crypto.
2: <laughs> Yo, the meme that's so good though, at the very end that's that's about all i know about bitcoin anyways let me touch on something before i play you this jamie diamond elizabeth warren video just just to refresh your memory the first thing is something i've been saying for a while is that any overt like attack on Bitcoin, whether custody or Bitcoin mining in the States, it would be way too much PR for Bitcoin. So in his own words, he's saying exactly what we've been saying. They're trying to find roundabout ways to hamper or rather stop the adoption of Bitcoin because they know that the game is up. And the more people that save in Bitcoin, the more their hypocrisy gets exposed. And Guys, like, do we have to hit the elephant on the room? That the very people Bitcoin protects you from are the ones that are writing the Bitcoin, the anti-Bitcoin ban of custodying your Bitcoin. Like, you couldn't make this stuff up. This is the world we're living in. This is how lobbying groups works. This is how politics works everywhere. And I don't know if, I don't know, uh, guys, I don't know if he was saying this, like, in a gloating manner or it was just a Freudian slip and, and he didn't realize like what he said. But the fact that the American Banking Association wrote a bill to try to stop you from remembering 12 words in your brain is absolutely laughable. Not only is this Not enforceable, but just the audacity and the projection from the bankers—it's absolutely hilarious. But, anyways, let's uh, let's remember what Jamie Dimon said with Elizabeth Warren last week, because I think there's even more projection coming from here, and we've been covering this constantly. But when you put these videos back to back, it it just goes to show how ridiculous this whole charade is.
0: I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, etc. You pointed out the only true use case for it is criminals drug traffickers, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance, and that is a use case uh, because it is somewhat anonymous, not fully, and because you can move money instantaneously and because it doesn't go through, as you mentioned, all these systems have built up over many years, know your customers, sanctions, OFAC, it's, they can get bypassed all of that. I, If I was the government, I'd close it down. Okay.
2: I've always been... <laughs> Oh man. Uh you can see you can see what the narrative is here, guys. Of course, we're all criminals. We're all money launderers. You know, now uh what was the new meme where uh we're traitors? Um, it just goes to show when you're trying to protect your property from the thieves, from the looters, they're going to use their whole apparatus to paint you as the criminal so that the average person doesn't know exactly what's going on. Okay, guys, now. I just want to touch on a few things from this bill just to show how ridiculous this is and and just to show how prophetic satoshi was in the white paper anyways here we are on elizabeth warren's website here and she's talking about the anti-digital asset anti-money laundering act aka the basically banned bitcoin self-custody act and there's just one portion that i wanted to read it's just kind of to highlight what this act would do and and really to highlight how ridiculous this is and unenforceable it is but again technically I would say they don't know how Bitcoin works. And in their own words, it shows that they don't know how Bitcoin works. But theoretically, they understand exactly what's at stake. And I think that's what we have to remember. It's not so much that they're naive. Yes, they're computer illiterates. But... They know what they're trying to do. They're trying to stop the adoption of Bitcoin. Anyways, the Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act would extend Bank Secrecy Act responsibilities, including KYC requirements, to digital asset wallet providers, miners, validators, and other network participants that may act to validate, secure, or facilitate digital asset transactions. First and foremost, this is completely unenforceable. Like, There's no way that my node is going to be able to KYC any one of you guys, yet... It's either they fully don't understand the technicalities of Bitcoin or they know that you don't, the average person. And they're just going to try to get a wholesale law pass to try to hamper Bitcoin adoption. And then again, the next one, which has been the meme of all year, address a major gap with respect to quote unquote unhosted digital wallets. Remember the meme I put up here of um, there was a hand and it had a leech on it. And that was a hosted digital wallet. <laughs> and then there was a hand without the leech, and that's an unhosted digital wallet. I mean, we we shouldn't even be using their double speak dystopian verbiage. But this is what they're using in this bill, which would allow individuals to bypass AML and sanctions checks by directing FinCEN to finalize and implement its December 2020 proposed rules, which will require banks and money service businesses to verify customer and counterparty identities, keep records and file reports in relation to certain digital assets, transactions involving unhosted wallets or wallets hosted in non-BSA compliant jurisdiction. <laughs> It's almost like, uh, you know, America or Elizabeth Warren and co are trying to be the police of the world and trying to police what's going on with your no, your, your Bitcoin software. Uh, it, it's almost like we could, you know, maybe KYC everyone that is transacting on. the No, you can't, even though they're trying. Anyways, we saw the backlash of this. We saw that FinCEN tried to propose new rules and we saw banks. Uh, fiat banking partners and on ramps of Bitcoin react to this. You know, they're trying to strengthen the enforcement of the bank secrecy act. They're trying to extend the bank secrecy act. And of course they're trying to mitigate illicit finance risk of digital asset ATMs. We We've covered this. The only reason I want to touch on all that is because it really highlights what was written in the white paper. And this is my favorite portion. I, I've been saying this to you guys. I don't even know how many times this year on the show, but it, This is the very reason why Bitcoin was created, guys. It's in the white paper itself. What is needed is an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust. Again, instead of trust, allowing any two willing parties to transact directly with each other without the need for a trusted third party. Again, without the need for a trusted third party. Well, what is not all these banks but trusted third parties? They're terrified that Bitcoin disintermediates their moat, that it stops the money printer, that it literally not only exposes the game, but breaks the game. And then, you know, just to end this on, on a high note, we saw Elizabeth Warren come out yesterday. And, uh, you know, she wrote a political, oh well, rather political wrote an article here. Uh, you know, Warren accuses ex-defense leaders of stonewalling terror financing crackdown. In response to all of this stuff, you know, she's basically saying that veterans out there that are pro-Bitcoin are... <laughs> Are, are, what was it? What's the new meme? We're uh, traitors to America. Anyways, the reason I brought this up is just just to show the power that you guys have as individuals and just the power of the community Note: So Elizabeth Warren, quote, tweeted this political article and she goes, crypto companies are spending millions building an army of former defense and law enforcement officials to lobby against new rules, shutting down crypto finance terrorism. This revolving door boosts the crypto industry, but endangers our national security And you just love to see the community notes on Twitter. Cryptocurrency is objectively less than 1% of all monetary illicit activity. There's also nothing supporting the claim that it could threaten national security. Cash is untraceable. Blockchains are public ledgers. It's almost like the real criminals use Bitcoin. Anyways, I want to touch on a quote here in the political article because, you know, we're talking about Bitcoin here. And she is, you know, (laughs) she's in the Senate. She's in D.C. where the real revolving door happens. And I just love exposing the hypocrisy coming out of the politicians and the bankers' mouths. So here's she's quoted in Politico, and she goes, This abuse of the revolving door is appalling, revealing that the crypto industry is spending millions to give itself a veneer of legitimacy while fighting tooth and nail to stonewall common-sense rules designed to restrict the use of crypto for terror financing, rules that could cut into crypto company profits. It also reveals significant gaps in the national ethics law oh my goodness absolutely incredible incredible and then just i just one last thing Shouts out to Pierre Rochard, just the absolute goat. You know, she's been getting ratioed on Twitter. I, I really wonder whether Elizabeth Warren listens to any of the backlash or does she just take the high road and she's like, these idiots don't know what they're talking about. Anyways, Elizabeth Warren tweeted, tweeted this yesterday. She goes, no one should have to wonder whether a Supreme Court justice is putting the interests of their billionaire benefactors ahead of the rule of law. And then, of course, Pierre Rochard with the ratio. No one should have to wonder whether a senator is putting the interest of big banks ahead of the bill of rights yes senator elizabeth warren i'm looking at you oh my goodness it's so awesome when you have these powers as just an average individual the power of truth to go out here to have a show like this to just constantly expose their hypocrisy and and xx i see you in the chat you said, why Why are we worrying about this stuff? The reason we constantly come on here and talk about this is so that we can expose the hypocrisy because the average people still believe these headlines. The average people still believe these narratives. And until you start to sow the seeds of doubts in their brains that, hey, maybe they don't have your best interest in mind, they're going to just follow along with the party mo- uh, the party line. So we're here to try to expose the hypocrisy so people know why we do what we do. We simply want to hold something that these people cannot steal from us so that we don't just get poorer following this ridiculous ludicrousy coming out of Washington, D.C. The clown world is accelerating. And this is the stuff it just gets me so giddy. I you know, I've been saying for a while, Brad Sherman's my favorite politician, but I think now Elizabeth Warren, you know, might be my favorite politician because she's just thoroughly exposed the game. She is bought and paid for by the big banks. She's playing cover for the big banks. The big banks are terrified of Bitcoin because it stops the regulatory mode. I, I just love this. Anyways, I've been ranting way too long. Jaime, what's your thoughts on this? I, I see you as giddy as I am. And, and hold on, we're going to give Sophie the floor too and she's going to get absolutely toxic. But let's go with Jaime first and then we'll go with Sophie.
1: No, I mean, I, I, all I want to say is that like BTC Sessions actually posted um. um uh, comment underneath uh, Elizabeth Warren's post and he actually just ratioed her um uh, sh- he's got on his post more views than her original view and um, all he did was share and highlight uh, a, a bit of a of a paragraph in her profile and her on her website and it says Elizabeth has spent her career fighting for American families and this is the party highlights Holding big banks accountable, you know, like, it, like the irony can't get any bigger on that one because <laughs> how can you hold big banks accountable when they're actually writing your bills? Uh, like, I mean, it's just like we live in a simulation right now, like, or she's just completely lost the plot, like, this is just. I, ridiculous like it's it's a comedy like th- this can't be possible that this is real right now but but it is i just wanted to highlight that one piece because it really sums it up for me i mean like we really can't take this lady serious at this point
2: yeah 100 and uh you know i i try i what i try to do a lot of times and and i know all of us Bitcoiners, you know, we're so outside the Overton window and Jaime, you you hit the nail on the head. It's like, guys, we're trying to reach the average person and, and try to be like, hey, I see where you're coming from though try to see it from our light. And I think it's becoming clear, like I know people are still voting for Elizabeth Warren, but even in like DC, I think it's becoming clear that Elizabeth Warren is an extremist. And they're like, yo, hey, like even this lady's too crazy for us. And you know, the federal government's been trying to ban Bitcoin
1: mining and like, they're kind of like, uh, Lizzie, uh, I don't even think we can do this. Uh, up to it. just want to get one more thought in and it's it's, it's this uh, like democracy doesn't doesn't end after you vote you like if her constituents see like the ridiculousness of of this whole sham they're able to write her. Her. they're able to to actually put campaigns against her and say like look you know stop it or we won't elect you or you know like she she lives in a democrat stronghold that's where she runs but at least make make it make it clear to her that this is not going to be um, uh, uh, left un- unaccountable and she's, she's going to be hold to account when these things happen so like we have A responsibility to exercise democracy every day in whatever way we can like for me you know like i get i get up here and this is for for me more fun right i i have a regular job i i go and do my fiat mining and on my spare time that's when i do my democracy i write I share my opinions. I orange pilled my barber last night. So, you know, like things like that, right? But but people need to exercise democracy every day of their life, not just on election day. And that means that you're writing letters, you're actually writing letters to the editor because that's the one thing's that uh, politicians hate to be held to account um on mediums on traditional mediums like the the printed paper. It may not be where we hang out, but the, a lot of our voters do do hang out there. And so if you call her to account on those mediums where she cares, where her traditional base of voters are, then that, you know, like that's part of uh exercising democracy. So, so yeah, that's that's it. I I'm more interested to hear from Sophie on this. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely
2: gonna let Sophie get get the floor here. But Jaime, I think you said something very interesting. And and this is one of the one of the things I learned early on on, on Twitter in particular is like sometimes The person like someone, sometimes the audience on Twitter is not necessarily the person you are arguing with. It's the people that are watching. And I think that's what we try to do here constantly. It's like, look, hey, we know that this stuff is insane and ludicrous, but there's people out there that don't understand where we're coming from. And they might just overhear something and be like, wait, maybe that is rational. Maybe these guys aren't just crazy. Uh, What are we? Financial terrorists, money launderers, uh, uh, shadowy supercutters?" Anyways, anyways, let's give Sophie the floor because this one's going to be a good one. I, I think I already heard a little bit this morning. So Sophie, the floor is yours
3: man you know the jokes write themselves because like Jaime mentioned um Liz Warren initially started her campaign and her whole political career by being against the big banks against corporations and it's just so ironic how now she's she's like buddy buddy with Jamie Dimon and just like how the the irony of the whole situation exists, the the propaganda or the sorry, not the propaganda, but like the commercial for Bitcoin, this this like why you should buy Bitcoin is writing itself, too. If you notice in that video with Jamie Dimon, he's he's listing all of the reasons why Bitcoin is superior to fiat. (laughs) it's like you can make instantaneous transactions you can transact anonymously although although not fully anonymously i feel like you could take every single thing that they say is wrong about bitcoin and turn it into a commercial as to why you should buy bitcoin which by the way just hit forty four thousand, so that's a cause for celebration (laughs)
2: let's go yeah it's almost like everything jamie was saying we're like here we're like hey, this is a feature, not a bug. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Wait, this is a good
3: thing. What are you talking about? Um, And they think that we're stupid enough to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Having self cuss. I'm not smart enough to have self custody what that would be so inconvenient to my life. Why would I want self custody? Why would I want number go up technology as the the source of my hard money? What? You know what? You're right. I'm just gonna keep getting screwed by fiat because it just feels so good to pay $200 for a week's worth of groceries. And, you know, live my life in continuous servitude to the corporation and to the big government.
2: Yeah, absolutely insane. This is where we are. Anyways, anyways, uh, in the the interest of time, I want to give Jaime the floor. So let's get into the culture today because I really think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation.
3: The Daily Culture.
4: Brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit swanbitcoin.com today.
2: Let's go. All right. Jaime, as you mentioned, you are an El Salvadorian. You've been on the ground. You've been watching what's going on in El Salvador. You've been a constant journalist. You've been hitting me in the DMs, making sure that we're factually correct. So before we get into the topic that that I know you wanted to talk about, uh, the recent advancements of what's going on in Argentina, I think since you haven't been on the show, I, I, I just would love to start with what is your general thoughts of Bitcoin in El Salvador and what's going on in El Salvador as someone that's family has came there because, you know, people always say, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We're like, dude, we're just listening to people that are Salvadorians that are telling us they enjoy what's going on, that are seeing the improvement of the country. So let's just start there. And then we can parallel this into what possibly is going on in Argentina.
1: For sure. I mean, you know, like. uh You know, I've written numerous, uh, I think I'm I'm up to 12 uh, articles on Bitcoin magazine now on the topic of El Salvador. And one of the reasons why I started doing that was because um, I saw so many uh, people just like inaccurately telling the story of El Salvador, either pro whatever was going on or against. And um, and and a lot of times it it, it was um, maybe it was Salvadorians, but most of the time it was it wasn't. And and I just felt that it was important to like, you know, uh, get my perspective up up there, a perspective that that is closer to the ground, a perspective that, you know, um, that is shared by a lot of Salvadorians who are living outside of El Salvador, which is we left as a result of two major events, one was the Civil War in the 70s and 80s, which was essentially a proxy war between the Soviet Union and the USA, the Cold War. And then the other one when the peace agreements were signed between the two parties uh, at war um, was the influx of crime into the country. And a country that was trying to rebuild itself but instead of rebuilding itself actually ended up in in worse shape so so i think what has happened in el salvador has been over the last really two years but it's been kind of like i would say seven years in the making has been a transformation a transformation that i'll be completely honest with everybody here I don't think would have been possible in my lifetime. I thought maybe El Salvador would be a great country to visit, perhaps even live far into the future. It is a beautiful country. It is full of amazing people, but the way that it was, it was unlivable for most Salvadorans who wanted to keep their family safe. And for a lot of them, the 7 million that already lived there, They had to cope with a lot of pain, criminality, and uh, just the day-to-day corruption and and just shitty situation that most people found themselves in. What has happened is that we got people that were tired of the situation and they said, we either need to change it now or we'll, forever regret this opportunity and the opportunity came when not just Naibu Bukele but a group of young leaders and some of them old with experience saw a window for doing things differently and part of that meant marketing the country differently it meant bringing in a new economic regime which was based on freedom rather than oppression. And that's where Bitcoin is important. But it also meant you don't have any of these freedoms. You don't have individual freedoms, financial freedoms if you don't secure people's well-being, just existing. And that's where the security comes in. And I saw so many people that I actually admire, like, uh, just get it absolutely wrong um especially human rights organizations i remember being a young guy working for um, and i won't name names but like you know what i thought were reputable human rights organizations only to find out that (laughs) they're the number one enablers of crime not just in el salvador but all throughout latin america and the developing world and it became absolutely clear that that's what they do and they're kind of like neo-economic hitmans um when uh when a lot of the security implementation um policies started to to happen in El Salvador but essentially what we see is that um although Bitcoin isn't the one thing that's moving at all it is absolutely an essential thing that's moving it uh, the country in a, in a very progressive way. And when I say progressive, I mean it in the literal term, not as a euphemism for, you know, uber liberals. So it is moving in a progressive way where people are now able to start their own business and grow their own business and produce economic activity in the country because they're not afraid to be shaken down by one of these illicit organizations. Now, just to tie back to Elizabeth Warren and whatnot, these illicit organizations in El Salvador hate Bitcoin. They were all transacting and doing the shakedown in USD, <laughs> so um, they don't like Bitcoin. They they don't know how it works. They they just rather shake people down, and and you know what? You can extort people when you when you really you know have no way to physically rip their money away from them so you know it's it's been good that way so so what we have here is uh you know and, and that's when I basically started writing and uh and, and telling the story and I've been to El Salvador and on the ground for uh, extended periods of time um not as a Bitcoin but just a regular Salvadorian observing just being a dude there, just seeing how things are developing and and, and it's quite remarkable, I would say. Um, and, and a lot of people use different measures for what successful adoption looks like. But I would say that the awareness is 100%. And I think uh, Stacy and Max have said this before. Awareness is 100% in El Salvador. You can't go anywhere and 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 ask a Salvadorian uh, about Bitcoin and, and they don't know about it. They absolutely know about it. In fact, I, when I was there last time, I forgot my wallet and I didn't have any cash, but I did have my phone and um, I had bought some fruit. Um, and... Uh, the, I told the lady I'm sorry I don't I don't have any cash um but I do have some Bitcoin will you accept it and she's like oh no I I, I won't she said I'm like oh well that I'm, I'm afraid I can't take this stuff I said then I'll'll you know um and then uh, she thought about it twice and she's like okay and then she pulled out her wallet and and you know took it and and then I said I said to her you you know, if you're willing to take this, like I'll actually tell my Bitcoiner friends to come to your fruit stand in Nuevo in Antiguo Cuscatlán. She's a very nice lady. She also sells flowers, which are amazing. And um, and, and they'll come here. You will be their fruit stand and you'll get more business. And she's like, Really? It's like absolutely. But you have to be willing to take it. Like, don't like don't say that you prefer cash or debit or credit, just like take you know like it's like preferred and she's like i will do that you know and so uh, those little moments are really important and then you know um you can see that like even if people don't want to take it at first they have the ability and sometimes it's just lack of education and this is where something that's happening in the in the country that i'm very passionate about and i was actually just awarded a first full node outside of el salvador in canada is uh, me premier bitcoin my first bitcoin their educational um curriculum is just amazing i taught it once and i graduated one class here in canada and we're in line to teach it again and people just love it because it's easy it gives you the history of money and when people come out of it they they understand bitcoin um they you know they're not exposed to scams, and they're actually more resistant to scams because you know I it's it's a nonpartisan non it's very objective, and we just empower people with the tools to make their own decisions, right? Um, and you know at some point uh, I said to them, you know, like after you've taken this course, which was developed in El Salvador, you know, you decide if you want to play in a casino, you know, with uh, shit coins. And 100% of the people said, "Absolutely, you no. Know, we we see the difference. We see the benefit of a, a decentralized network." And so that that same curriculum is being taught from the ground up, not a government um, uh, uh, program, to ev- to a lot of children and youth in in the country. Now the 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 Salvadoran government has actually seen how successful that is, and it is co- incorporating. Uh, aspects of that curriculum being uh, uh taught by Bitcoin as well as Bitcoin Beach into um into the financial literacy uh module of of the educational system which is great i mean and so you see things are moving adoption is going great but it's important to to hear from salvadorians tell the story not from Salvadorans activists, which are, there's a lot of them who claim that they know Bitcoin and they will say negative things about it. But the app for the average person has had a very, very positive uh, um, impact on their life, even if it's just indirectly, even if they're not transacting with it every day, they are benefiting from the uh, secondary effects of um, of a Bitcoinized economy.
2: Love it, Jaime. Yeah, I've had, uh, you know, anecdotally, I've I've had a few conversations with people that have left El Salvador. You know, their families are from there. And I always ask them kind of, you know, just just for my own personal, like wondering curiosity. I'm like, what do you think about McKellie? They're like, I love it. I can't wait to go back. And when I first heard it, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Anyways, let's pivot this conversation to what we're seeing in Argentina um, I think you were telling me before the show that there is maybe some very interesting parallels going on down there. Maybe there's things to be watching. Maybe we need to kind of hold our tongue and see how this plays out. So you wrote this article here on Bitcoin Magazine. It's titled Malay's Presidency Implications for Argentina, El Salvador and Bitcoin Adoption. So what, uh, what's your angle here, Jaime? What are you seeing and, and what are your thoughts on this whole thing going on?
1: for sure well i mean this is something that argentinians uh, wanted overwhelmingly actually uh, the the Malay mandate is uh, is quite strong and um and and although he doesn't have full support or an overwhelming support in the senate and the the uh, congress uh, argentina has a bicameral uh structure for for their um um uh, assemblies um They have a lot of support. Here's where kind of uh, things differ from El Salvador. When Bukele came in, he he had a, a good win, but he didn't have any allies in Congress. And so he had to wait almost two years of constant opposition from Congress to actually pass laws for when he got his party elected and they have a three quarters majority. That three-quarter majority was essential in passing the Bitcoin law because if you don't have that three-quarter majority, then Bitcoin doesn't become legal tender. And it's a different story about El Salvador. In Argentina, Millet has some uh, support from his party and he has, also has an ally party. But the Peronist party, the left-wing kind of like socialists, social democrats, they're still quite strong and malay didn't do this all on his own he actually had to make some sort of you know deals and coalition and alliances with pro which is a right-wing party it was the uh the party of Mac- Macri, uh the former president uh the uh, before the Kirshner and fernandez the former president and he was unable to do a lot of things and 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 he was kind of like marred with a little bit of corruption and, you know, just the regular stuff that happens in Latin America. My worry here is that the compromises that were struck in order to build this coalition to elect Miley, at some point, he may have to pay back those favors. Whereas when we compare the situation in El Salvador, where Bukele did not have to compromise and actually uh absolutely promised nothing to any of the uh allies he was not really he has not really deviated from his vision and so so then this is kind of where my cautiousness for uh melee is is like well like what is the favors what are the favors right and let's not forget that he was not elected as a bitcoiner he is pro and he understands bitcoin to a degree but i don't think he fully grasps what this is he's not austrian economist and from that sense i think he understands the decentralization of money the the separation of state and money um and so there's a lot of good things around that and so you know my caution in my article is like let's just let malay kind of handle things and and acknowledge that he may have a tougher road ahead than Mukele because he's had to make some compromises and he may actually have to owe some favors whether that translates into public policy and economic policy we still have to see what happens it's still early he got sworn in 10 days ago 10 days into into a mandate we don't know but Um, and, 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 you know, I don't want to disrespect my, um, hermanos argentinos, you know, because I obviously I'm going to be in the same situation that, that I found myself before where I felt I need to write about El Salvador. Otherwise other people are going to tell an inaccurate story, but I have done the research in Argentina as far as to, you know, just issue a cautionary tale. I know that my Argentinian, uh, Friends are very hopeful, and I I I wish them the very best. But the 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 thing about it is that we we need to be patient. We need to see what happens, and and I absolutely wish for for everything, uh, but the you know like absolutely the best for Argentina. One thing that does worry me is that Millet already made a trip down to to the U.S., and some of the first folks that he met with are the entourage of Bill Clinton, and some of the you know fiat maximalist we all have known and love. Bill Clinton in particular, I have a particular soft spot in my heart for him because he uh, was responsible for sending um, the MS-13 in Barrio 18, the 18th uh, Street Gang to El Salvador. And um, that's fine if you have to deport illegals, but at least let us know that they are criminals before they arrived to the country um and um yeah anyway i'm digressing there but uh that's who Millay met with and um and so we'll we'll see we'll i nothing but the best and i hope that everything turns out for argentina and i hope they follow in the bitcoin standard but uh that's kind of uh, where my thoughts are and uh and yeah Open it well, up to you,
2: what you guys think about well, it. I love it, Jaime. No, I. Uh, before I let Sophie jump in here, I, I totally agree. One thing's for sure, and I think, you know, on, on just a, a surface level, Malay's election to the Argentinian presidency just shows one thing's for sure, is that There is hope in South America and they are trying and looking for new options and new ways of doing things. Now, you know, hopefully Argentina doesn't go down, I would say, more of a negative path because I have a lot of friends that are Argentinians as well and i i wish them the best it, it's such a beautiful country they, they have they have so much going for them but they have just been so economically stunted that it's just absolutely horrible how bad inflation has gotten how bad the country has gotten and and the direction it was heading in and like you said you know i think i think a lot of us bitcoiners are very blackpilled and uh, you know and any hint, any any sense of uh, statism just like terr- terrifies us and we're so quick to just sacrifice people. Whereas I really love the the sober take that you're like, hey, let's give him some time. He's only been in there 10 days. I know there's been some very bad negative press coming out since he's been elected and since he's been inaugurated. And uh, some of us Bitcoiners are like, oh man, no, like don't go down the dark side. This is terrifying. So I, I think only time will tell. And I mean, hey, you know, Bukele, I think we were, I think a lot of people were saying that. The same thing about bukele 10 days in you're just like ah oh, yeah he's another politician and yet you know what two close to three years down the line it seemed like Bukele's really been a visionary and has completely turned the country around so i think only time will tell anyways Jaime, jump in and then i'm gonna let sophie jump in
1: yeah no i mean 100 and and i think um, what one key thing t- to uh to remember here with um argentina is that like you know, at the turn of the, of the 20th century, they were, uh, like, you know, in the early 1900s, they were an economic power. They, the different uh, European diasporas that left Europe, they would either go to the U.S. or Argentina. Argentina is full of, like, potential, economic potential, lots of natural resources. The, the 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 oppression, the economic oppression of Argentina has only benefited westernized countries. Uh, because they're they're full of like precious metals, uh, they're full of rare metals, they're wheat, um cattle, like they the I mean you name it, wine, fruit, food, like there's tons of it, and it's it's a beautiful country. So many good friends that that are from that haven't not had the privilege to go there, but like, you know, the Patagonia, the Pampas, you know, uh Mar de Plata, Buenos Aires, Tierra del Fuego, these beautiful, beautiful areas that are tourist friendly, which were depressed by, by the economic instability of, of years. And so, I mean, things, good things must come to the Argentinians, but let's be frank about it and it's like their economic oppression their devaluation of their peso has only benefited the us britain and europe because they can actually if they, if they devalue their their money so much they can actually get their amazing resources for a lot cheaper
2: yeah i love it 100 okay as as the reigning latina of simply bitcoin What's your thoughts on all this stuff?
3: So I have a huge, huge soft spot in my heart for Argentina. I've always been fascinated by the history of Argentina and their passion, uh, their contribution to the culture uh, in in both music and movies. And I mean, if you go and you see their architecture and you see their cities, it's just, it's stunning. Um, So with respect to Javier Millet, I mean, it's I'm not going to be I'm not going to lie to you. It's not looking great meeting with the Clintons. And uh, I also heard he had signed with the Paris Climate Agreement. And he also uh, met up with Zelensky. And so like he's doing some some shady globalist moves there. But, you know, I I had never considered the angle that maybe he was paying back some debts uh, politically. And the truth is that he didn't stand a chance to win in the beginning. And and I think it's a miracle, actually, that a libertarian won in Argentina. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that that is what's happening right now. Um, But at the same time. You have to see, you know, how how is he? How far are those debts going to go? How far do those payments go? And is he actually going to do the things that he promised? We already saw that he came out with um, a, a law about protesters. Like he's really cracking down and and being a little bit. I mean, some would say radical, but then again, uh, people had the same type of uh, criticism for Bukele when he became president and when he took all of these gang members off of the streets, you know, and for better or for worse, people say that, you know, they deserved a trial, whatever, like it's made the country better. So I think we just need to wait. We need to see what is going on um we need to give him you know obviously more than 10 days usually the metric at least here in the united states it's 100 days so let's just wait and see i think it's also important that um bitcoiners in like make themselves like a part of the process i think he's open to it um and and try to explain to him like the process of adopting Bitcoin in Argentina. I think that once they fix the base layer of society, other things will just fall into place because as Jaime was mentioning, they are a very um, not just culturally rich city, but they have a lot of cattle, wines, beautiful land, beautiful architecture, tourism. And um, the only one that the the inflation of their currency has benefited is Great Britain and the United States. So if they opt out and um, take the same approach, um, radical as it may be, as um, El Salvador, I think that uh, everything will be fine. So we just got to be patient and give it more than 10 days.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Jaime. Jaime last last message to the audience what's the last thoughts you want to leave with people before we roll this one out F- first and foremost i really appreciate you coming on love loved the, the perspective but give a last last two sats for the audience out there what do you want people to leave on on top of mind here tonight
1: yeah for sure so l- listen up i mean you know i'm always pro el salvador it's it's a beautiful country. If you get a chance to go out there and visit it, uh, just you know, be part of it. It's it's safe. It's safe now. Um, and go and support what's going on. But also, like, don't don't do like the the Bitcoiner thing the whole time. Like, of course, you gotta go and visit Chimbera at El Sonte Bitcoin Beach and Mike Peterson running to Max and Stacy, but like go other places. Like I know we have some friends over in Berlin, which is uh, actually a, a Salvadoran city um, near like where the geothermal uh, plant is and they're doing their own circular economy there. But there's other places too, where like you guys can like just hang out, meet people and try to orange pill them because even though like they may know about bitcoin they may not have ever seen um you know like or transacted with it and so that's how it's going to happen but but go there enjoy the country it's amazing beautiful i also want to give a quick shout out because I, I I do live in Canada when I'm not El, in El Salvador. In this past weekend, I was um, out with uh, my friends in Calgary, and they had uh, their very first uh, stab at a circular economy. There, uh, Ben Perrin, uh, also known as uh, BTC Sessions, organized a SAT Saturday Market, and uh, and it was amazing. We had a, such a great time, and so always support your local um bitcoin efforts as well yeah go to el salvador go to other places and 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 do the bitcoin holidays but like get involved in your local meetup and do what you can you know like create content uh help help your friends Move their ledger over to cold card or uh compass or you know wherever, (laughs) but that's uh bitcoin only and and safer. That's your little contribution, and um, and yeah, uh, that's kind of my parting words. And thanks, Sophie, thanks, uh, opti, and uh, yeah, like we don't need Nico here, like we got (laughs) we
0: got
1: Sophie. (laughs) appreciate it yeah uh
2: someone someone in the chat said uh man uh nico's looking so hot after uh going into the (laughs) having
3: oh man
2: (laughs) all right well guys uh go check out jaime on twitter jaime w garcia and then of course go check out his articles on bitcoin magazine he's got a a plethora of writing i'm sure more are coming really appreciate you coming on today's show jaime Let's uh let's bring you back on in a couple of months and you can give us an update on everything you're seeing. Love having you on, bro. And and appreciate you constantly hitting my DMs with stuff. It it keeps us on our toes. It makes sure that we are we're spreading the signal correctly. Cause guys you know we do our best here but we are really relying on you guys out there uh, on the ground telling us what's going on you know we we can only really see what's happening from our vantage point of course we're looking at the world through a bitcoin lens and one thing's for sure bitcoin is winning it is taking over and this is all good for Bitcoin anyway Sophie thanks for coming on we really appreciate you fitting in uh, Sophie will be on the show a lot more you guys seem to like Sophie as a reoccurring guest so she's coming on more you guys like her hot spicy latina takes on everything she's even more toxic than Nico and I are so this is uh she's the voice of the plebs now all right so really appreciate it uh you you can, you can log off I, I know you're uh, I know you're you're incubating another human and this is probably a long day for you so thank you have a good rest
3: of your day yo i'm dying
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right right, jaime thanks for coming on today we really appreciate it go check out him again on twitter jaime w garcia really appreciate you coming on today bro means everything we will keep in contact come on soon till next time brother cheers man all right guys you already know the deal like subscribe share all that good stuff comment we are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover news, memes, culture. The meme review will come back on Friday. But as you can see, it's already an hour and a half. So forgive me, guys. The show's going longer. We're trying to pack in more sauce for you guys in our, our daily live show. So just keep sending me memes. Friday show, I already, I already got some of the memes, guys. It's going to be a lit meme review. Anyways... Have a good rest of your day. It is the holidays. It is the Christmas. Almost going into Christmas. Go hang out with your friends. Eat some good food. Get outside. All that good stuff. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow, Nico. We'll be back. We will be doing this till the end of time. All right, guys. Peace out. This is your boy Opti. Until next time, we are Simply Bitcoin. And this was the Simply Bitcoin live show. Peace out, guys.